The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. I am your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA. This is a hoop ball presentation, so check out hoop ball on Twitter at HoopBallTweets, online hoop-ball.com. Definitely make sure to do that. Training camp is literally coming up. By the time you hear this, uh, it's already undergoing. Uh, NBA season is in three short weeks. It's going to be a lot, y'all. A lot coming at you very, very fast. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, though, so definitely make sure to get on board with that. Not only do we have tremendous resources in terms of breaking news um, and statistical um, profiles for each player, but we also have so much related to fantasy basketball, which, of course, is already starting and just will continue um, in mass very, very soon. So definitely make sure to check that out one more time, hoop-ball.com on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Today, y'all, I am excited, pumped. I have my friend Dylan fellow SBC alum. You can find him on Twitter at Ted Stepien. I'm going to introduce you first, Dylan. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Honestly, I'm just thrilled for this um, this podcast. Uh, I think it's a really interesting format we got. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're going to kind of explain it better than I could. So um, uh, here we go. <laughs> let's get into that. All right. Yes, sir. And that's what I'm excited about. So I put it on Twitter uh, about, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, but I was already talking with Dylan about an idea of doing um, classic redrafts. I think it's such a, a cool thing, both from a historical perspective, um, as well as just a fun little exercise to look back on players and classes that have happened before. Um, you know, of course, we have the benefit of hindsight and just do fun little redrafts, look backs, fond memories, uh, NBA history buffs dream, pretty much. But I had an idea shared me on Twitter that sparked another idea that's led us to today. Um, I was filling this out and someone was like, hey, um, do you mean like each picking like the best players or do you mean like a classic redraft? And I was like, eh, I kind of mean just a redraft, but thought about it, thought about it. Boom. Idea sprung. What if, you know, myself and a guest in this case, Dylan, go back to a classic and uh, classic being anything older than three years. So I'm just going to keep saying classic, but uh, older draft class and pick between the two of us, each of us taking turns, the best 10 man rotation that we can out of this draft class. Why not? So that is what Dylan and I are going to attempt to uh, proceed with here today. We are going to look back on the 2017 draft, draft a player for every position, and try to field a five-man starting lineup and a decent five-man bench out of these guys. Now, some drafts are more interesting than others, but I really think this will be fun to look at in the scope of uh, just how we look at team construction within the confines of a specific class. So, with that, Dylan, I mean, I, I'm pumped. I'm excited. I know you are, too. You are the guest, uh, so you get the first overall pick. Listen, if you take Markel Fultz, that is perfectly fine. In fact, let me just give a little bit of a, bit of a, 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 a little bit, bit of a brief um, little recap here. 2017 draft, yeah, people, I'm pretty sure people already know about this, but, you know, 56 picks played in the NBA. First overall pick was Markel Fultz. You have Three all-stars that have come from that class in Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. You also have such 
noteworthy players for either good or bad as Lonzo Ball, Josh Jackson, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Frank Nilekina, Dennis Smith Jr., Laurie Markkinen, Malik Monk, Luke Kennard, so many others. Uh, even later in the round, uh, 29th overall was Derek White. You had Kyle Kuzma, 27th. Uh, even going down even further, Dwayne Bacon went 40th. Thomas Bryant, 42nd. Deep, deep draft, considering where people were picked. Dylan Brooks was picked 45th. And I mean, it even goes deeper than that. So we have a, a plethora of talent here to choose from. Uh, but like I said, Dylan, with you getting the first overall pick, you could, you could take him. It's all good. Marco Fultz is there. It's, it's tempting. Um, I mean, out of, out of Washington, he was a pretty amazing talent. It seemed like, and to be completely honest, I also liked Josh Jackson coming into this draft. So, um, this wasn't <laughs> my year mm-hmm. of, uh, landing a lot of them, but, um, with hindsight and with some help, um, I'm going to go with Tatum. I think Mason he is, Tatum. uh. Yeah, he's he's just the cornerstone I want to build my team around. Um, he's just a reliable bucket that can also – I mean, not only just he scores, but he scores efficiently. He also gets others involved. Last um, last season, got four assists. Um, two-time All-Star, three-time – I'm not – I mean, all – I mean, yeah, two-time All-Star, one-time All-Third-Team all NBA. Um, he's still emerging, but still already proven to kind of um, – as we saw him kind of battle with LeBron in that playoff series, he's uh, he's ready to compete and um, lead a team already. Exactly. Yeah, Jason Tatum, clearly the most accomplished from this class. Uh, second in the draft class in scoring overall, next to Donovan Mitchell. Um, you already kind of went over other accolades that he's brought in. Um, really good. The Vance number supported. Just a really solid pick. I mean, this guy was a stud the moment he came drafted. The fact he went third overall. I mean, again, Hindsight being 2020, but as a Lakers fan, I said it then, and so I feel so much proud saying it now. I really wanted the Lakers to grab Jason Tatum. I, I'm just, ugh. But with the next pick, I am going to select Jonathan. I'm just kidding. I'm not, no, I'll, no, no disrespect to Jonathan Isaac. I am going to go and target a power forward slash center of my first pick. I'm going to go with Bam Adebayo from Kentucky. Uh, you know, he's definitely emerged his scoring over the past couple of years. Uh, this l- latest year, I think he really tried to refine more his mid-range jump shot. Still has a long way to go with that. But, I mean, it's so far, it's serviceable. You already know what you're going to get from the rebounding. You already know what you're going to get from the defensive end, the rim protection, the, the, the passing utility that he brings, the floor game there. Uh, I think he can be the hub of my new team, which I'm going to call, trying to think of a fun name. I'll come back with my uh, official uh, – 2017 redraft name on my second pick but i am going to have bam out of bio be part of the foundation and i'm going to hope you don't grab the guy i should have grabbed but i decided not to uh you have the second pick go on dylan i i think i know where you're leaning i think it was probably donovan mitchell mm, which honestly possibly. i i am i'm gonna have to take up take take right now um why I you do of, that? Why you do that? You say I think so, and then you say I might have to take you up on that. Like you don't have to take it up, bro. There's other players. I just had to tease you with a little bit. I think he is. Um, I think him and uh, I think there's kind of a, a, a tears to this draft. I think Tatum's the best, and then after that, you kind of have Mitchell and Bam, and I think they're kind of um, they're really solid. Um, Mitchell's an amazing offensive player. Bam's an amazing defensive player, and. Um, so personally, I was hoping you were going to go Mitchell and I could kind of get Bam and kind of have my defense installed with already. But mm-hmm. I'll, go, like I'll go all offense. I, I don't mind um, Don't mind getting a lot of buckets. 
Okay. All right. Cool. 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 All right. So with the third pick, or second, my second pick, I am going to. Ready, right Bam on the bio. I'm going to grab a guard, and that guard is going to be De'Aaron Fox. I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox. He went fifth overall. Uh, career averages of 18 points and six assists per game. Uh, the dude is just a blur in transition. He's improving his jump shot. Uh, clearly one of the standout players on a Sacramento team that needs more standout players. But I like the fact that him and Bam can f- just fly up and down the court together. Um, he pushes the pace. Clearly one of the better point guards in this draft. I am taking him with my second pick. I like the pick. I think this is a big year for De'Aaron. Um, he's he's always shown the flashes a lot. Um, and he's, he's had those 10, to 10, 15 game stretches where he just completely dominates. But I think this year he kind of has to, he has to put it all together to really, if he wants, if, I mean, especially if the Kings want to make the playoffs, but if he wants to establish himself as in that um, that tier of being kind of one of the cornerstone players, but um, I'm excited because I, I really like him. He's just so, mm-hmm. such an exciting player. Do you think he probably slots in best as a second good? Like he's not going to be like your best player on your team, but maybe your second best. Do you think that's his ceiling? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, I completely agree with that. I think he's um, he's just an, an all around really solid player. Um, he can score when he needs to, and he can he can get out of the involved. But I think it's like it's one of those things that he's best um, kind of just filling in the the roles as needed. Mm-hmm. And um, if you put too much of a scoring load on him, that kind of we've kind of seen him kind of slack off on defense and stuff like that. So I think if you like you said, you put him in that second role, he could really put in that effort on defense and really really shine. I think. I agree. I'm hoping that either he finds out with the Kings or he finds greener pastures where he can show that. But I am totally with you on that. Just like the guy. And he really puts the work in. He wants to be in Sacramento. Sacramento obviously locked him down long term. So just want to see the, the, the positive fruit come from that partnership. And so far, we haven't seen it yet. But I mean, the Kings have stayed relatively pat. They were kind of competitive last year uh, going into next season. Uh Maybe they're making a play, hoping some teams fall down and seeing where they fit. But you're right. Big time progression from both Darren Fox and I'd even throw in Tyrese Halliburton and, and, and Davion Mitchell, even who's just coming, will go a long way toward the Kings having a, a real potential for success. Yeah, a lot of pressure in all three of those. Exactly. All right. So with the third pick, where are you going, Dylan? This one is a little tough um, when I kind of quickly did the ranking of this draft i had um i had one player above but i think kind of fit wise i'm gonna have to go a little bit lower and i have to go og and an ob okay i think um i could really just use his his versatility on the wing kind of put him out there with uh tatum and they can kind of make a switch heavy scheme that kind of switch switches one to four at the very least maybe even one to five and um i mean i think he can also he can Step out and space the floor. Last year, he shot um, 30, 39% from three. So, I mean, he's not um, – he's definitely – you can't leave him out there by any means. And um, with Tatum and Mitchell, he doesn't have any really playmaking responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So, I think he could really kind of focus in on that defensive end and really be that defensive stopper for us. I really wanted Ojin and Obi, so I'm slightly irked that you grabbed him <laughs> ahead of me. Um, that would have been a solid wing, wing pick for me as well. But um, no, I like that. I like that. It's a really solid pick. Like you said, he's another guy I think is going to be – a lot of people have been looking at him to step up for big-time improvement next year. I think he showed a little bit more in terms of um, 
uh, facilitation on the offensive end. Uh, and he's not going to be like a point forward. I don't see that in his game, uh, like just evolving. But then again, I didn't see in Kawhi and look at him. He's, I would say, a secondary offensive initiator at times, a primary one, just because his passing has grown leaps and bounds. And so if you just get a little more self-creation on the offensive end for Anobi, uh, I mean, there's, that opens up a whole nother level to his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd like to see him kind of just get up. Um, not sure what his numbers are, but just get up around three or four assists and kind of mm-hmm. be at that level where he's not obviously not your lead playmaker, but he's not. He's obviously making the leads and and, and leading the defense well. But um, mm-hmm. that's, it's another player. It's another exciting year for. Yeah, for his career, I mean, he's averaging one point two um assists last season. Yeah. fifteen points, five rebounds and 2.2 assists. So something's happening. It's just not, you know, maybe it's a little more time for it to really break out truly, you know? Yeah, it's a slow climb, but hopefully he could uh, speed it up a little bit. Exactly. As Isaiah Thomas likes to say, it's that slow grind, you know? Yeah. There you are. Okay, so you took OG and Nobi. Kind of irked. I'm not going to lie. Can't hide it. But I'm going to try to find another guy. I I can't look at the wing right now, so I'm going to look at the next best guy to slot in alongside Bam on the bio. The dude had... I would say a breakout year last season. The dude definitely got paid. The dude went overall, um, I almost said the wrong one, so hold up there. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I got to mix up there for a second. I was about to say Zach Collins. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. I was going to say the dude went 10th overall. No, he did not. Um, no he went 19th no overall. Exactly. I'm glad I didn't say it. He went 19th <laughs> overall to Atlanta. He definitely got paid this year um john collins i'm going mm-hmm. to take him uh, i have 17 points seven rebounds uh he shot just under 40 percent from three for his career he's shooting just under 40 percent shooting 38 percent from three uh you know what he does defensively he, he i think improved leaps and bounds he just turned 24 uh a couple days ago so happy birthday to john collins there um i mean he's one of the senior members of the hawks even though he's also like still relatively young um to be their part of their young core and i think he's a perfect wingman for trey young um pick and roll you see how he ends people on dunks he's going to be great with our squad alongside bam Adebayo with darren fox he can run in transition he's going to be able to pick and pop i'm going with john collins and you know what i talked myself into it. i like that better than if i had og a little bit sort of i i, I do like the uh, the collins bam pairing's nice mm-hmm. i'm thank you for that i'm really i really like that and you're right they can go i mean different ways bam playmaking a little four or five pick and roll maybe i mean bam can handle a little mm-hmm. bit throw a little bit of lob collins can get up for sure defensively i think bam can pick up where collins may be lacking and collins like i said improved a little bit there and as far as collins being able to space the floor out to three that will not kill us on the spacing end so yeah i like that we got our we got our big man rotation uh pretty squared away in our starting five but uh back to you dylan for the fourth pick all right, with number four, I'm gonna I'm gonna anchor my defense, and I'm gonna go Jared Allen. I, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's just a solid presence on both ends of the floor in the paint. He's gonna he's gonna get up and down the floor, which is what you need out of, especially kind of a center that's not your kind of one of your go-to playmakers. I, in my opinion, you just really want someone that's gonna run the floor, you're gonna set hard screens, and it's gonna gonna know his defensive rotations, do all that stuff, and Jared Allen checks all those boxes and he does it very, very athletically, which I mean, I would, would, would love the, the Allen Mitchell pick and roll while um, we have Tatum kind of get catching a breath when he needs to. So um, 
I'm happy to take a Jared Allen with my fourth pick. That's a solid pick. I, I like that a lot. That's a really, really solid pick. Um, like you said, you improved your defense really well. Um, and he's an intimidating rim protector uh, for someone who's blocked the king on a few occasions. Uh, if you could do that on LeBron, you know, you, you earn my respect for sure. So that, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, how will I respond? I want a wing, but looking at the wing position uh, and the available candidates, I am not exactly blown away. Um, we are going to go with... Ooh, this is tough. Um, you know what? Lonzo Ball. Okay. Lonzo Ball, we're going to play as a three. Um, we're going to play Lonzo Ball as a three. We're going to do what he should be anyway, uh, which is a playmaking wing and not a point guard. Uh, also, I mean, he wanted to worry about going against Darren Fox because Darren Fox has relish in just, just taking ball apart. That won't have to happen here. Uh, we have a guy in Lonzo. Uh, who last year I said 14 points, four rebounds, five assists a game. Uh, well, just under five rebounds a game. Shot 37% from three for his career, 35% three-point shooter. Definitely improved in that area. Actually, for the record, Lonzo has improved from three every season in his career. He shot 30%, um, 30.5 in 2017, 2018. That jumped up to 32% in 2018, 2019. Then 37.5. And then just a little incremental improvement the next season, uh, this past season shooting 37.8 but i'm still going to take it because it's still positive progress and if he can do some second side pick and rolls um you know mm-hmm. have some uh, additional ball uh offensive creation and just stop and shoot the three we're gonna be fine i, I like that so lonzo ball mm-hmm. um who i am not only selecting at this stage but i'm going to reposition him like his 2k and he's going to be a three that is my fourth well, pick i mean i like it honestly I, I think he's um i think he's better with the ball out of his hands especially in the half court um I mean, it's nice when he kind of gets some rebounds and breaks out and kind of, especially he can hit those head-to-head passes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got such good vision. But in the half court, he just really doesn't play make well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I mean, he's he's a good defender, good good team player, but just really not a lead guard, which is not a, a knock against him by any means. I mean, he's still a very productive NBA player. But I think, yeah, like you said, he kind of got uh, miscast at first and then, with the whole Magic Johnson press conference, that didn't help at all. So he uh, he had way too high expectations coming in. But I think he's he's a solid and reliable NBA player, which is a good thing. Exactly. As long as you have realistic expectations of what he's going to be, I think you'll be fine. Um, and, and that's honestly where we're at right now. We have hindsight, and we also have, like, a realistic look. And here we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, amazing, uh, Tom- it's amazing what realistic expectations do for. Oh man, it's it's, it's 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 wonderful. I mean, honestly, it's one of the things I, I think the plethora of like great draft, um, content over the last like two years or so has really helped. But beforehand, it seemed to be just, and it still is in some cases, in my opinion, a lot of oh, he could be the next insert greatest player uh, at this position, you know. Mm-hmm. So when you heard Lonzo Ball, oh, he could be this, he could be that, he could be the next Magic Johnson. I mean, call me a, a little bit of a pessimist because I kind of was, but I just never was on par with that. And, and he had moments for sure. But again, I think, like I said, with the rise of just really good draft content that we were able to have access to, we get to see a little bit more of like, okay, or more realistic ceiling, a more realistic floor. I think with all the analyzation and then even more um, analyzing of draft prospects that goes on now, uh, it's maybe, I think it's almost the opposite direction now. Like they have, like, if they blow us away, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. We didn't know they could be that good. But you know, mm-hmm. 2017, I think was peak, like, oh, he can be the next 
XYZ, you know, Magic Johnson and Donovan Mitchell yeah. to be the next Kobe. And, uh, you know, Josh Jackson reminds me, oh, he's like a like a young LeBron James. I'm, I'm just throwing out guys, <laughs> but you get what I mean. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I think um, I think uh, one of my favorite kind of red flags to watch for that is um, whenever a guard is good at defense, they always say he's the next like he has some Jason Kidd in him. Yeah. And you're just like, no, it's like he, he's not <laughs> at all. And like. Jason Kidd was a, a, like a massive point guard that had amazing vision and was an amazing, like had some of the best hands ever. And mm-hmm. it's like, just because this player plays good and hustles on defense does not make him Jason Kidd by any means. So yeah, that's definitely one of those, those red flags I look out for. Oh, most definitely. It's just, it's, it's one of those things that is concerning, you know? Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm going to give you, you're not going to give, you're going to select the last of your starters. It's a big one to round out your unit, pull them together before we get to our bench guys. Yeah, this is um honestly this is a tough tough spot right here. Um, when I kind of did the tiers, I've I've one uh, one player remaining, but I don't want to give up too much uh, proprietary information away, you know, so I can't give secrets away. But um, oh come on, he kind of just doesn't fit in. Right? It, it, okay, I'll, I'll give it away. It's Jonathan Isaac, and I like <laughs> it. But he I like it. Fit in with my lineup, so um. Honestly, I'm gonna have to reach down to the, to the kind of tier below. I'm gonna go Monte Morris. Um, I just, I mean, I, I really like Monte Morris. He hasn't doesn't have crazy numbers. It's only uh, ten points, four assists. Um, but he's a thirty nine percent three point shooter. He's really reliable. He kind of does what you what you ask of him. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I, I feel comfortable picking him right now because um, I would definitely give him a shot to start next to Mitchell. But if not, then having him as my point guard off the bench, um, I think that's such an important role. And he has shown that he could do that at a high level. So um, I'm going to go Monte Morris with my fifth pick. Monte Morris. Okay. That's that's a solid one. I like it. I like it. Like you said, someone who ties it together a little bit. Um, him and Mitchell is an interesting backcourt for sure. Yeah, and it's a little bit, um, a little bit undersized. So yeah, I, I was gonna, yeah. When we talked, when we were gonna go discussing our teams, I was gonna have each of us kind of look at each other's roster. I was gonna say a little small there. I got you with a little Eminem there, a little self critique before, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you did. <laughs> I like it. All right, and that leaves Jonathan Isaac all open to me, but I'm not sure if he's a great fit because offensively, I feel like we need more punch. Um. I mean, we got a lot of guys who can move the ball and kind of finish plays. Um, and Darren Fox can certainly, you know, create his fair share. But I feel like we need someone else to really tie it. And so I feel bad that I'm even letting a guy like Jonathan Isaac become available next <laughs> round. I, I am torn because there's two guys I see that, hmm, if I'm trying to get another guard, I'm torn because I'm looking at, Derek White, who I think mm-hmm. is a solid shooter and has definitely improved in his own um, self-creation. It's not a sexy pick, but it's a good pick. Um, or I gave a long, hard look to Malik Monk because he's a personal favor of mine, especially <laughs> on the Lakers. But ultimately, I'm going to settle with someone who can get after you um, and still hasn't seen a shot that he won't take. Ooh, and that going, yeah. is Dylan Brooks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a guy, he's a starter caliber player. He's, I would say, more already than a, a above average three and D. Um, he's someone who has a physical style of play, um, who gets to the rim, who, you know, 
shoots really well, like I said, who will just take a shot. And we need a guy like that on this unit. That is going to say, you know what, forget it. Like, all right, I'm going ISO. ISO, spread the floor. Um, and Dylan Brooks is going to be my guy. And I like that pick. And the more I look at it, the better I feel. So <laughs> that is going to round out my starting five with the selection of Dylan Brooks. So before we go to our bench, let's recap. We have for Dylan, a backcourt of Monte mm-hmm. Morris at the point with Donovan Mitchell, right? OG and Anobi yeah. and Jason Tatum at the three and four. And then Jared Allen as your starting big. Um, and then for myself, mm-hmm. it is Lonzo Ball. No, it is not. Sorry. Almost found that trap myself. It is De'Aaron Fox <laughs> and Dylan Brooks in the backcourt. Lonzo Ball is my playmaking three. And John Collins and Bam Adebayo to round it out. So far, I, I like this. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you have a skilled, uh, very skilled from like one to five lineup. A lot of, a lot of passing. As long as Dylan Brooks doesn't hold the ball too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always that's that's always something that you have to worry about, even with him on the Grizzlies now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to fly around and then boom. Yeah, right. No, I like that for sure. And then for your squad, I think I, I like it. I mean, you have a guy in in Jason Tatum, easily one of the just most skilled scores the most skilled score in this class you surround with another guy in donovan mitchell who is like right up there actually leading of course in points scored so far points per game for that draft class you get a defensive guy in og Nobi. you have a solid steady guy at the point with monte morris and then of course you have a, a pretty very good rim protector in jared allen so i think you have a this is a, a well-balanced uh, i would say dare i say even starting five yeah, no, I, I think it's 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 where we get in these these later picks that's gonna separate us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true, and I think what I'll do. You have the first pick of the first round, so I think I'm gonna grab for the first of the bench. That's only fair. Okay, appreciate. It. And for the bench, you know, I could just set the table. I'm gonna take Jonathan Isaac. Yep. I, I was going to wait. I was going to say, eh, but I'm not going to play games with you and, and just keep him around. You're going to grab him at some <laughs> point. For the bench, I mean, we want to have somebody who's switchy. Um, he can shoot a little bit of a corner three. He's a little bit of a mid-ranger. Um, offensively, I'm not really even looking for much from him, but defensively, someone I could use for a change of pace. You you try out that type of length and athleticism. Uh, you know, throw him on, on a stop. Or, you know, if, if right now, let's say Jason Hayden is cooking um Lonzo Ball well we're gonna bring in Jonathan Isaac give you a different look see what what that what what works with that see how you're gonna do with that you know um mm-hmm. and of course we're presuming health here so he will be available for me to try off the bench um <laughs> and that will be good I'm really hoping that he has a strong season when he returns this year he had flashes well at this point two years ago um before he went down again and injuries have just been the bane of his career so far but I, I think that the the potential of his is still very tantalizing mm-hmm yeah, no, I'm, a, I'm, I, I like him. Uh, he's one of those players that uh, it's, it's kind of I have the, I have the opposite effect with John Collins. When I looked at John Collins' numbers, I was kind of impressed and surprised. And then Isaac, it's kind of the same thing, but almost kind of a negative. You're like, I thought he kind of put up better numbers than these, but he's such a good defender. He's so versatile, and it's he's just had so many injuries that um, I think yeah, this is another like pretty much all these players. This year is really crucial for them. He's kind of just got to show that he has some of that that playmaking. I mean, he's he showed the defensive. So I think, like you said, you um you got an NBA rotation player, so that's a good thing. But I mean, if he could figure out the offensive end, then he's uh he's a high level starter in my opinion. I agree. That's all that has to be figured out. That and just staying on the floor. And like you said, this year for a few of these guys, it's gonna be really pivotal to see kind of 
how they chart the rest of their career, whether that is going to be, you know, uh, even I don't even want to say a star uh, for some of those guys like Donovan Mitchell and, and Jason Tim is very much still in effect, but even guys just trying to stand out a little bit more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. is Dylan Brooks going to be sought as a very solid starter? Is there another level to this game? Can Lonzo Ball, I think he's kind of found what he's going to be, but he can grow in that role. Um, Bam and can he go up another level? John Collins, can he go up another level? You know, guys like that, Ojin and Obi one of the bigger ones can he you know add some more to his game that make him one of the best wings you know period um in the nba currently like that is one of the things that's going to be very interesting to see so i am definitely um excited on board with that for sure in terms of monitoring their progress but enough, enough jabbing for myself gabbing <laughs> not jabbing anyways let's go to the bench for you dylan who is your first pick of your final five i'm gonna have to start it off with uh with Derek White, fellow um, fellow CU buff alum. Um, oh, I like that pick. Yeah, he's just such a solid player. Um, 57% true shooting, um, 15 uh, PER. He's just so reliable. And he can he has some creation to him, which is nice. Um, especially kind of having as a you, you kind of lead guard off the bench. Um, he could kind of, I think it'd be nice. It's really nice for my lineup. Um he could take over that starting role for Morris and you kind of put Mitchell on the ball more, mm-hmm. or you could kind of have him still in that second unit and he could be that lead creator for that unit. Um, and then also he's a hard worker side story. He, uh, he was at, I want to say it was, um, it was one of the smaller colleges in Denver area. And then he transferred to CU for his senior year. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was in the business school and was actually in, um, in classes in the building pretty much every day. Because, I mean, and I was personally, I was also there. And just seeing that was shocked. There was not a lot of other um, athletes that were in the, the business classes on the daily basis. And the fact that he was as kind of a graduate assistant, knowing that, you know, I mean, he was obviously there just, just to play basketball. But he, um, he you could tell he took the, the academics seriously as well. So always like high character players on my team. So definitely taking Derek White as my uh, lead guard off the bench. I like that. I, that's solid. That's solid. I am going to. Hmm, this is tough. I am going to go. Yeah, this is right around the range when it's a lot of players that have like shown a flash on one side of the floor, but have really tailed off. Exactly. Um, he didn't have the best year in terms of assist percentage usage. It was just a down year altogether. But I also think that this was just a readjustment from his previous role in his old team to like fully adjusting to the team he came on. I'm talking about Luke Kennard and I'm going to draft Luke Kennard. Um, and what I'm talking about from him having a down is an assist percentage um, and like assist usage uh, or assist usage ratio, because what I'm drafting Kennard for is not only a shooting solid shooter for his career, um, you know, definitely has had ups and downs in terms of streaks, but like for the most part, Luke Kennard is, is a very, I mean, he comes with the reputation of a shooter, and for the most part, he backs that up. He is, I say that because I test this for me, but like the numbers save him better. He's a 44%, 41% three point shooter over his career. He shot 44% from three last season with the Clippers. But I want someone who not only can space the floor for my team here um, and will finish, you know, spot up opportunities, but someone who also has a little bit of creation ability as well and can give me some secondary playmaking from a different position. I have more guys I was targeting. I don't want to let my hand out too early. If you pick them, then I will. But with Kennard, I think I get somebody who's going to be a good shooter, 
And like I said, someone else who is going to be an additional playmaker to come off the bench. And so that is my next guy. I like the pick. I mean, yeah, like you said, he's he he offers the shooting and you can you can really rely upon that. But then I think he also kind of sprinkles in some playmaking and some some shot creation for other players as well, which is, is really nice out of a shoot like that. Definitely. Um, with my next pick, um, kind of leaning between two guys as well. Um, I'm going to have to go with Lloyd Markkinen. Um Whoa, okay. Yeah, I, I think almost – I'm not the biggest marketing fan. I, I mean, I Neither do not like the, the Cavs acquisition, but I think that's more of a fit type thing. Mm-hmm. And and with this team, he's coming off the bench, and he's kind of that first big man off the bench. Um, I mean, you'd kind of play him more as – I guess he'd kind of get more of that center type minutes, mm-hmm. kind of see how the roster plays out completely. But, um, I mean, I think it would just be kind of nice to have that that uh, offensive punch off the bench to kind of counteract Jared Allen. Um, I mean, that would be a very, very offensive-heavy unit with him next to uh, Tatum. But um, – It'd be interesting to see for sure. Um, he shot 36% from three-point, um, so he's going to space the floor. I think the question with him is can he provide that the other stuff that you need from a, a big man, like the rim protection and just kind of the grittiness and battling for rebounds and doing all that stuff? Yeah. Because if he can't do that, then he's just um, he's just an oversized guard that shoots threes pretty well. But if he can do all that stuff, then he's the floor spacer, which everyone wants. So um, exactly. I will take the gamble and see that maybe he could uh, get a little grittier and I'll go Lloyd Markkinen. That's solid. I'm with that. Okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're betting on upside uh, due to a, a proper role. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you on that. Uh, you struck up a lot of similarities to my next pick. Um, someone else who also will bring some offense. Someone else who also shot 36% from three last season. Um, I am going to be taking Kyle Kuzma with my next pick. Uh, again, just having more scoring off the bench. Um, and again, hoping that his role will obviously lead to um, better results in the offensive end. Mind you, I like that over the last two years of LA, uh, on, let's start over. In his sophomore year in 2018, 2019, he averaged 18 points per game. He was clearly, you know, on this young Lakers team. I think it was LeBron's first season um, and LeBron was out for a chunk of time where he was a, a weapon that the Lakers kind of really had no choice but to go to to provide points. Um, over the next two years with LeBron and AD, his role definitely um, got marginalized just a little bit. I think he found a better role as a defensive first kind of wing with the hope of bringing an offense. Now, while his shooting numbers did fall and his points definitely fell, like I said, 12.8 points in 2019-2020, 12.9 points this last season, his defense did grow leaps and bounds. So I'm excited to have a guy who on the defensive end will compete. His rebounding um, definitely went up, uh, particularly last season. And we're hoping that now, just like we're hoping in, in real life, that with him having a clue to find role to maybe rediscover his scoring in terms of having the green light, that he will kind of rise up even more to that 16 to 18 range. I'm not thinking 18 to 20, but definitely not mm-hmm. 10 to 12 points per game. Um, and for my team here, I am hoping that he's able to kind of have more of a space to come out and get buckets and make it as simple as that with the added addition of him added addition with the addition of him being able to play reasonable defense across a few positions. So Kyle Kuzma is my third pick from mm-hmm. the bench. Uh, yeah. I think that's kind of, you kind of touched on a little bit um, with the kind of how he, he shown, he, sh- he shown, he mm-hmm. shined, he shined in that second year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's so tough because these players are so young and then the situation is so like, I mean, situation is so dependent upon success, I think in the NBA. So I mean, a guy like Kuzma, he kind of has a pretty good first year and has a really good second year, but then they go get Anthony Davis, which obviously you don't play like him at all. And that completely throws off his role. So he's a young player that's, that's now having to adjust on the fly. And it's, it's just so hard. It, it just kind of shows how, how hard it is to really find your role in the NBA and kind of really, really stick into it and, uh, and stabbing to just be a rotation of your players. It's not an easy thing to do. No, definitely not. Like you said, it's, 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 it's just to stand out in that way and, 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 and not be okay. You're not a star. You're not definitely suited to the bench. Just trying to find a role, find a space in between that, uh, especially going from a team that was rebuilding to, okay, championship aspirations. Let's get with it. LeBron veteran team, you know where it is. And you being the one quote unquote young guy left on the roster to now, you know, in Washington where, yeah, you're trying to be competitive. No one's looking at Washington to be, you know, even a, higher tier playoff contender much less a championship team but at the same time they do want a competitive roster um across the board to you know appease bradley beal and a lot goes to kyle kuzma playing you know primarily some three you'd imagine in terms of being able to give some scoring addition to that unit so i'm definitely hopeful to see kind of what he brings to the table this upcoming season yeah i think this is um i think it's a good fit for him there i think you said he should be kind of their their offensive scorer punch off the bench Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully, I think they'll kind of have a really kind of free, free-flowing, fast-paced scheme, which he will, he should thrive in. Oh yeah, I personally believe that as well. I think this is going to be a, a year that he stands out. Going back to one of the years that you know he had uh, previously, uh, you know, when everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, he's going to be one of the next great Lakers." And mind you, don't expect him. He was he he once a Laker, always a Laker, especially when you win a championship. But I thought that was kind of overblown back then, so I just wanted to point that out. All right, enough of me gabbing again. Let's go back to Dylan. All uh, right, with my next pick, um, I'm going to have to just just get a really reliable three and D wing and go with O'Neal. Oh, okay, yes. To, uh, were you thinking I was going uh, a little PJ Dozer or Josh Hart? I thought you were going Josh Hart. Okay, yeah, no, I um, yeah, I like Josh Hart, but then all the rumors this this offseason he's not not the the best person to get along with. Kind of, kind of sunk him a little bit. Of my oh man, bit. you have character concerns over here. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel you. I okay, that's fair. Yeah, and honestly, too, I really like Royce O'Neal. Um, I think he's, like we were kind of talking about before, he knows his role. He knows that he's going to go out and defend the best wing and make that guy's um, night as hard as possible and get up in their face. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to stay up in space and shoot up in threes. And he's yeah. he's absolutely fine with that, and he thrives in his role. And um, I think especially when you kind of get these deeper bench spots, it's so valuable to have those players that both know and can thrive in their role. So, um yeah, I'm going to get Royce O'Neal. I mean, I think he, uh, yeah, a valuable piece off the bench and can maybe start if I need to. There you go. There you go. That's solid. I like it. I like it. I'm going to counter that with the character concern of Josh Hart. <laughs> um, I want someone who is going to be a 3 and D guy, uh, although I, I do have to not push back because no one has really – it's the common theme of, of Josh Hart, being him, him being a 3 and D player. Although if you kind of look at the numbers, the three ball has – not quite bender. He's a 34% shooter over his career, which is okay, but not somebody that comes with the, the designation of three in the three mm-hmm. and D um, pick. 
And he also shot just 32% from three last year. But that's not why I'm selecting him. Last year, he also, he averaged nine points, two assists, and eight rebounds a game. This is from a guy who is 6'5", 220 tops, eight boards a game. And, and, and to his credit, Josh Hart has always rebounded well. He came out as a rookie averaging 4.2 rebounds a game across 63 games. Uh, he shot, he averaged uh, eight-point rebounds last season, the season before that, six and a half. You have another guy who's going to get on the boards, who's going to space the floor enough that you have to guard him at least a little bit. The threat of him taking a three is more than if you were to, say, leave a Rajon Rondo or Eric Bledsoe open in a guard position. He's going to bring the defense. He is a solid defender in that way as well. Um, mm-hmm. Although, you know, a little undersized, but he can still body up. Uh, the Pelicans had him on LeBron James at times. Uh I'm going to take Josh Hart there. Uh, I think he's going to provide, again, some more rebounding alongside this Kuzma Isaac unit that's going to grab all the boards, in my opinion, and also be another guy alongside Luke Kennard that can reasonably space the floor. Yeah, and no, I think it's um, he's the type of player that I think does does better on, like, he's really similar to the uh, to the Shannon, yeah, Shannon Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah a little bit closer to that, you're right. Thing- where it's like they do really good on good teams, but then if they're not on a winning team, a lot of the, the stuff they do, a lot of the small stuff, like getting those rebounds and stuff like that, just doesn't like, I don't know if it sh- doesn't show as much or it just doesn't get appreciated as much, but it's so nice when players like that kind of really find the team and role that's like perfect for them. Because I think in the last couple of years, the Pelicans have just been, it's it's too much of a rebuilding situation. It's kind of too too fluid, too much kind of going on. But once they kind of really figure out their roster, and I think he kind of can kind of figure out where he really needs to shine, I think he'll be really, it's really interesting to play to watch mm-hmm. in the next couple of years. I'm right there with you. I completely agree, man. So it'll be interesting to see how this happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Back to you for your fourth pick. Oh, okay. So number four... Um, I'm gonna have to go 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 some more size and go Thomas Bryant. Thomas um, Bryant, I like him. It's kind of a little tough pairing him with Laurie Marketing as kind of their um, defensively. Yikes! Both, yeah, they both 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 like playing offense a little bit more than defense. But it's I mean with Jared Allen thrown in there, the three of them kind of balance each other out a little bit. Um. Yeah, I mean, I definitely have defensive concerns with my second unit. Um, game plan-wise is just shoot a lot of threes and have Thomas Bryant trail and hit a lot of threes, I guess. Um, but, yeah, at this point, I think it's, it's a talent-type thing. Um, I mean, fan of, fan of some other players, but I think he's he's just such a solid player. He had a, his PER was above 20 the last two years, and obviously that's PER's – not obviously, but PER's more kind of offensive-based, so it's not too surprising that he had a high PER. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he shot um, shot over 43% uh, two of the last three seasons from three-point. So he's definitely a fuller spacer. Um, and I think he can kind of provide some of that shot blocking. Um, I think he kind of needs to toughen up a little bit on the boards and stuff like that. Um, and he's become a little more disciplined. But I mean, with with Lee's later picks, I think you're gonna have to take your your um your flaws and kind of um it's gonna be a little rough around the edges for some of these players. But I think he uh he definitely has a lot of upside and it'd be and also he he's been on a tough team. Um, it's not easy to play defense when you have Russell Westbrook on your team. 
no, no, that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, uh, although, listen, I, wait, I can't agree to Russell Westbrook slander. I'm sorry. <laughs> take it back. Take it back. Thomas <laughs> Bryant was a bad defender to begin with. Don't put this on Russ. No. Um, I mean, don't. But also, <laughs> I, <laughs> I do like Thomas Bryant. I like the offensive game that he brings to the table. I'm just, I was really just ticked when the Lakers trade away a productive big like him and then later a Vicha Zubac for basically nothing. Um, I think he's grown into a player that, yes, has the clear defined flaws, like you mentioned, but also has some very um, well-regarded strengths as well, uh, particularly the offensive end from the pick and pop capacity that I think would lend itself well to any unit um, and specifically yours as well. So I do like that pick there for you. Um, for my final pick, I am going to target a point guard and there was a trifecta of mm, meh, point guards that were available to me i looked at markel fultz i looked at frank nilakina and i looked at dennis smith jr and ultimately i decided to go with markel fultz uh Mm -hmm. markel fultz we've seen what he can do i mean the truest sense of his player as an archetype he's still a lead guard who has great size he has great court sense and defensively can still be a factor um obviously having that torn ACL uh, put his return in doubt as to what we'll see, especially since his three-point shot was already gone. So it's not like if there's some quickness that's sapped, they can rely on the outside shot. He has a career 26% three-point shooter who shot just 25% over eight games with the Magic last year before going down, but did not shoot much better the year before shooting 28%. So it's just clearly not a part of his game. Right now, though, he mm-hmm. does have the mid-range shot. He was able to pace the Magic to one of their best starts not one of their best starts, their best start in their career. I mean, in the Magic franchise history before going down um, across eight games, going six and two. And even though his shooting numbers don't look well, um, his ability to facilitate offensively is going to be a boon. I definitely like that for our team kind of being the glue that holds that second unit together. Have a lot of guys, again, who can finish plays and one guy, Luke Kennard, with some intriguing um passing ability. But now we have Markel Fultz who can definitely take care of that and won't let anything uh fall apart on the defensive end of his position. So Markel Fultz is going to tie together my bench mob. What says you, Dylan, for your last pick? I, I, uh, for my last pick, um, I'm going to have to go go with uh, P.J. Dozier. P.J. Dozier, okay. Just a solid kind of player that can kind of, like I've said it a couple times, but he can kind of fill in where you need to be. Um and with these kind of later picks, I mean, I like that. Um, kind of having a more kind of versatile um, – I mean, he's kind of more of a defensive player, which is nice to kind of slow it down because um, don't have too much protection behind him. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think he's just a reliable kind of uh, player. That as long as you don't ask him to do too much, he's going to be good. Um, he shot shot thirty about 35% from three, so he's not – a knock knock down shooter, but not as type of the player that you want to leave. Um, but yeah, for the most part, he just kind of can kind of fill those holes that you need. Um, would kind of, I mean, I think between him, Derek White, and Royce O'Neal, that's a really good um, perimeter defense for the backups. So I think that kind of helps alleviate some of the Lloyd Thomas Bryant um, issues. Yeah, which is nice, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like you said, there's kind of the, a couple other players we thought of, like kind of think about, um, thought about going Frankie Nielakina. Um, I mean, he did shoot 48% on three last year. Uh-oh, uh-oh, on 48 out. attempts, so. Uh, <laughs> Small sample size theater there. Yeah, and then it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's tough because you don't want to take too much off kind of one coach's opinion. 
But when a play is not playing, it's just it's. I mean, it's usually for a reason, mm-hmm. and um, and especially it's kind of tough with him because he's a good defensive player, and that's usually the reason why they're not playing. So, um, I mean, I, I just PJ Dozier's getting minutes. He's gotten more minutes each year, so um, he's he showed, and um, each time he's gotten an opportunity, he's succeeded. So I think that's valuable. And he's um, proven that he has a work ethic that can continue to improve every year. So, um, and high character guy. So, there you go. I mean, I think it's I. I think that's a solid pick. I know you and your high character guys are important. Um, so there you go with that. And I'm not mocking. I think that's it's a, it's an honorable trait to have. Um, with that being said, we have our ten man units. I'll run through. Um, I'll run through mine. That don't let you run through yours, and we'll kind of look at some of the guys that we uh passed up that went higher in the actual draft. All right. So for me in the backcourt, again, Darren Fox alongside Dylan Brooks have Lonzo Ball as my three with John Collins and Bam Adebayo manning the big men positions. And then off the bench, I have Markel Fultz and Luke Kennard in the backcourt with Josh Hart playing the three, Kyle Kuzma playing the four, and Jonathan Isaac being our backup five. Uh, Dylan, what is your team's composition? We have um, a backcourt of Monte Morris and Donovan Mitchell. And then we have Jason Tatum and OG and Anobi on the wings, um, held down by Jared Allen in the post. And then on the bench, our second unit, we have uh, Derek White and Royce O'Neal and PJ Dozier kind of all playing that backup, I mean, that, that backcourt together, kind of uh, – some, I mean, Derek White kind of handling the ball and Royce O'Neal and PJ Dozier kind of playing more wings. And then uh, Lloyd Market and Thomas Bryant kind of uh, filling in those forward minutes. Um, and yeah, uh, just a lot of lot of floor spacing and hopefully we can um, get some internal improvement from our bigs. There we go. I'm going to ask you, Dylan, before we, like I said, get to the guys we pass up, do you have a team name idea? I've decided to call my team... Wait for it. Coca Scola. Got Luis Scola in place of the cola. And my favorite drink mm. is Coca Cola. So we're going Coca Scola. What do you have, Dylan? If you oh don't have one, God. that's fine. Team Dylan is a perfectly admirable name. Nobody I mean, would fault you for that, sir. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure right now. So I'm going to have to just go. Uh, I guess I'll just go Team OG because just OG and Anobi because it's just Team OG. There it is. There it is. Team OG it is. Gotta love it. Team OG and Coca-Scola. The matchup will be legendary. There is just absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, I definitely like this match. I couldn't tell you who would come up on top. Maybe because I don't want to say I'd lose, but also because I do like how even these guys are across the board. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be really kind of cool well, to I kind of see. It's, it's interesting, too, because just kind of went fell out, and I think also kind of... What is that? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no I, didn't, no, I didn't hear you. I apologize. Oh, no, no, okay, yeah. I mean, I was just kind of going to say, I think kind of um, our teams kind of took on the identities of our um, top players. Yeah. So kind of, I mean, I kind of went Tatum and kind of had a more kind of scoring team, and then you kind of had Bam and kind of had that versatile defensive team. I do like that. Yeah, the way that we kind of composed our teams and, and kind of worked from there is really interesting for sure. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you on that. And I think that's the way to do it. I think you kind of have to you have to lean into who your best players and kind of build around them and build into their strengths. 
Yeah, for sure. And, and like you said, more, it's kind of reactionary as well to a certain extent um, in terms of the way that we did it with each other. But normally, I mean, you can kind of look up and down and just, okay, I got, who's the best point guard? Who's the best shooting guard? And go from there. Whereas in this case, you're not only, you probably have your internal list like we both did, but also, okay, darn. Well, you took the guy I was hoping for, Jason Tatum, which I kind of knew, okay, fine. I'm going to go with Bam out of bio and hope that you don't take, oh, wait, you already took Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> like that sort of type of um, kind of back and forth is another fun element that I greatly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So looking back, were there any guys, you mentioned Frank Nilakina. Were there any guys that went obviously high in the draft um, or were drafted that we did not draft at all? And just for reference, I'm going to run through um, the top. Let's just do the top 15 of the actual 2017 NBA draft. Uh, so we did have guys taken like Marco Foltz, like Lonzo Ball, like Jason Tatum, like Darren Fox, who were selected. Um, but there were also Josh Jackson, Frank Nilakina, Dennis Smith Jr., Zach Collins, Malik Monk, Justin Jackson, um, Terrence Ferguson, uh, Caleb Swanigan, Tony Bradley, Frank Jackson, Frank Mason, Wes Wundu, um, Semi Ojale, Jordan Bell. Out of these guys I'm really throwing out here, were there any that you were tempted to take that you just ended up passing up for better guys, or were some of these guys like not even on your radar? Um, I mean, I, Malik Monk for sure. I, I honestly, I got just kind of Malik Monk and Zach Collins. Um, I think they've kind of both shown some flashes. Uh, Zach Collins just hasn't been on the court for like mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. So, um, but I think it's just I, part of that too is he's he's it's when you're a player like that when you're a six ten six like six ten seven foot type guy that can shoot and can play make a little bit that is so tantalizing and people just kind of grab onto that so much. So when you when a guy like that shows any of those flashes, I think kind of we hold on to that for a little bit longer. But um, Malik Monk is kind of similar too, where he's he showed the ability to shoot, which is such a valuable skill set. But um, I think the question with him is, can he do anything else on an NBA court? Um, Very valid point. Right now, I don't know if that's a yes or no. Honestly, I didn't watch that many Charlotte games last year. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see him with the Lakers this year because um, I think he'll be able to kind of offensively he'll have the role that he should be in, kind of the, the shoot first, not much playmaking mm-hmm. responsibility. And then defensively, um, you well, you just can't hide when you're on the Lakers because just as 20, 30 articles that have written after each game. so <laughs> Plenty of coverage is going to be on that. Yeah, any type of mistake you have is is uh, compounded times ten, and LeBron's not afraid to let you know about it in front of the cameras in mm-hmm. the middle of the game, which is a good thing. I mean, I think it's good that he's kind of coaching them up, um, especially if the player can take it. But um, yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see him this year. Um, but how about you? I mean, did you consider Josh Jackson at all? Or I wanted to, I wanted to so bad, but ultimately I did not. Um, for me, I just, he's getting better, you know, um, maybe if we were going 12 deep, 13 deep, I might've selected one of my later picks with like a upside play. Um, but just the way he came in, obviously the jump shot needed a whole lot of reworking. The passing wasn't quite there defensively. You know, he had a lot that he was dealing with and his game was 
just quite frankly horrible, you know. Um, and he went to Memphis with yeah. Detroit, has kind of redeemed his value a little bit, and is a serviceable player. But serviceable in my best 10 wasn't going to happen. Um, so he was not picked. But had we gone deeper, I probably would have considered him. Um, like I said, I had a little bit of, of trouble between Marco Fultz, Dennis Smith Jr., and Frank Nelikina because I like Dennis Smith Jr.'s athleticism. Frank Nelikina defensively and Marco Fultz in his court vision as well as his defensive um, capability as well. But between the three of them, I couldn't find like one great shooter. Um, and you did mention Nelikina's like three point um, percentage, but also when you look at the number of attempts, you almost laughed and you yeah. did. Mm-hmm. So it was funny, but um, that was the issue that I was having with that. So those three guards, one of them, I mean, ultimately I selected Markel. So, I mean, I gave a thought to both Frank and Dennis, um, but Josh Jackson was on the far radar and, and anyone else after that for me, wasn't even there. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, it, it's kind of, it's a little sad what kind of happened with his career, but I mean, obviously it seems a lot of it was kind of self-imposed. So I guess, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, he was so, so talented coming out and so just such a high, high level athlete and just so, just so twitchy. Mm-hmm. But, um, if you, I mean, if you can't, if you can't like, if you can't get put together the, the mental side of the game, then, then NBA teams just don't want you. I mean, you just there's enough athletes out there that are going to be able to kind of do that three and D role, and so it's yeah. yeah, it's interesting to see where his career goes. He's the type of guy you could definitely see him having kind of a bounce back here if he kind of finds his role, but you could also see him out of the league. Yeah, it's it's just as simple as that. Like you said, you could go. The highs are him being a serviceable guy. I mean, we've already seen him on the cusp of the NBA so far. So it's not a, a hard uh, thought to think of him going right back to that possibly. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's really fair. And I think this is the year where it's like, it's, it's make or break for him. And he's, he's gotten so many shots. Like you said, multiple teams are giving the shots now. So he's really got to really got to put it put together this year. Yep. For sure. For sure, man. Well, dude, this has been a load of fun. Dylan, I want to thank you for coming on and being the first uh, in this uh, experiment of uh, exercise of a show. I had a ton of fun with this for sure. Um, I hope you had as well. Yeah, no, honestly, this was um, an amazing experience. Had a lot of fun and um, look forward to the next um, kind of cool idea we got coming. Um, yeah, honestly, can't thank you enough. This is These are all amazing experiences and uh it's 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 fun because it's nice to learn a little bit and also have some fun while you're doing it. Exactly. You said it. Exactly. Learning and having fun doing it. What I wished happened my entire school career. But anyways, um, <laughs> that is going to do it for today's episode of Roundball Ramble. Please make sure to follow Dylan on Twitter at Ted Stepien. Yep, as as it sounds, T-E-D-S-T-E-P-I-A-N at Ted Stepien on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Corbin MBA. You can follow Hoopball on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets, online hoop dashball.com thanks again for taking some time to, to listen with us here for dylan for myself we are frosty y'all stay frosty and i will talk to y'all real This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.